Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us what the purpose and heart of the Mideast Prophecy Update is, the equipping of the saints and the redemption of the lost. As you well know, Pastor J.D. always closes each prophecy update by sharing the gospel. Today, Pastor J.D. shares with us why this is so very important. And yes, it is directly related to the days in which we live. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 27, 2018. All right, let's get to our Prophecy Update. I am going to have to ask if you will kindly indulge me today. We're going to do something uh, a little bit different, actually maybe a, a lot different than what we usually do. Typically on a Sunday morning, we'll look at the events of the previous week and the developments of prophetic significance. But today I wanted to do something uh, different after seeking the Lord in prayer. Concerning today's update, I really sense that it would be incumbent upon us to step back from the proverbial tree, as it were, to better see the prophetic forest. And the reason being is, is that so much is happening so fast. I know I've shared this in the past, but it used to be not long ago that it didn't take me maybe more than a full day from front to finish, maybe eight, ten hours or one full day to complete a prophecy update. Well, that was then, <laughs> and this is now. Now it is, uh, depending on what's happening, it takes about two days to complete one prophecy update. I always get a kick out of whenever somebody from our online church posts a comment and says, Pastor J.D., you need to start doing these prophecy updates every day. I'm like, shoot me now. <laughs> you really want to kill me, don't you? I mean, I listen, I want to see Jesus, but that will really send me to see Jesus if you do. But uh, so much is happening so fast, and here's the problem. <laughs> what comes packaged with such fast-moving developments is this tendency towards a tunnel vision, if you will. And by tunnel vision, I mean we can get hyper-focused on specific Bible prophecy, and in so doing, we lose sight of the purpose of Bible prophecy. And I'm just as prone 
to that as anybody else. In fact, probably more so. And I have to confess that it's easy for me to get very hyper-focused in on specific prophecies in the Bible and then lose sight of why they're there. What is the purpose of them? Now, is Damascus, Syria about to become uninhabitable as a ruinous pile of rubble, according to the prophecy in Isaiah 17? I believe so. But what if it isn't? I don't think that's the right question. I think the right question is, what if it is? I would much rather get up here every week and draw your attention to these specific Bible prophecies and have this not be it, then not draw your attention to these prophecies only to have it be it. Is Russia, Iran, Turkey, et al. all at the ready to attack Israel in order to take a spoil according to the prophets in Ezekiel 38? I believe that they are. Even five years ago, I couldn't say that as emphatically as I can say that today. And I'll take it a step further and say that I don't think five years from now, as fast as everything is moving, that everything would still be in place and all the nations lined up as they are today. It's, it's just too fluid. It's not that static. Is the world today ripe and ready for the Antichrist to usher in a seven-year peace plan, according to the prophecy in Daniel 9.27? I truly believe it is, like never before. I have never seen anything like what we are seeing and witnessing today. This is why every week, we've been doing this, by the way, for 12 years. Every week, with the exception of usually Christmas and Resurrection Sunday, we've been doing these prophecy updates and devoting the second half of our time together in God's Word to focus on God's prophetic Word. Well nigh one-third of God's Word is prophecy, and this for good reason. And that reason is is that all prophecy points to the person of Jesus Christ and the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. It's evidenced in the very first prophecy in the Bible. You know where the very first prophecy in the Bible is? It's in the very first book of the Bible, And get this, it just so happens to be the first mention of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Genesis 3.15. It's known as the Proto-Evangelicum, which is a fancy word that makes it sound like I went to Bible college, which I didn't. This is the gospel. Right here in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Watch this. God is speaking and cursing the serpent. And this is what he says. I will put enmity between you and the woman. Oh, 
And between your seed and her seed? What? Women don't have the seed. The man has the seed. The woman has the egg. Oh, that's the virgin birth. This is a prophecy about the Savior of the world being born of a virgin. The seed of the woman. And he shall bruise your head. Can't wait. And you shall bruise his heel. Speaking of the crucifixion. That's the first prophecy in the Bible. And it's the gospel of Jesus Christ who would come and pay in full for the sins of all mankind. I would submit that Bible prophecy is a means to an end such that its chief purpose is to bring us to Jesus Christ in the end. That's the purpose of Bible prophecy. And again, if I can just be candid with you, I have to say to you that I needed to recalibrate myself and come back to what these prophecy updates are all about. Listen to what Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 13, verse 19. He says, I am, key words, telling you now, before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. He is the I am. And isn't it interesting that he links that to telling us beforehand what's going to happen before it happens, so when it happens, we will believe that he is the I am. That's the purpose of prophecy. It's to bring us to Him, who is the I Am. This is why for almost two years now, may even be longer, that I've been sharing the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ at the end of every weekly update. I had someone uh, email the office and we get a lot of letters. And by the way, this is probably a good time to uh, apologize. It is just impossible to be able to respond to just the voluminous <laughs> amounts of uh, letters and emails and comments that we get, all of which we are very grateful for and praise God for. But we get many comments, many letters, many emails, and people are, are pleading with me to never stop doing the ABCs of salvation. And I, I guess this is probably a good time to let you know that um, I have no intention <laughs> of stopping the presenting of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, besides, I don't think God would let me get away with it even if I tried. <laughs> 
And I think that's going to uh, come into clearer focus here in a moment. The Lord has been ministering to me, though, this need on my part to get from Bible prophecy to Jesus as quickly as I can. Because that's the purpose of Bible prophecy. Jesus. I know this might sound cliche, but it's all about Jesus. Right? And I love Bible prophecy. That's obvious, isn't it? And I know many of you do too. But Bible prophecy, just for the sake of Bible prophecy, is what? What does that mean? What's the point? If it doesn't take us to Jesus, if it doesn't point us to Jesus, if it doesn't bring us to Jesus. I was thinking about this, and actually just early this morning when I woke up, was praying and just asking God for help to communicate and articulate this and get it from my heart to my notes so that I could, you know, share it with you. And this is what he gave me. Bible prophecy can seem hollow for someone who is going through a very difficult trial. And the Lord has been just really bringing this to bear in my heart. And, you know, I get up here every week and I'm, you know, (laughs) talking about how that we're witnessing Bible prophecy being fulfilled right before our very eyes. And I don't know if there's somebody watching online or somebody here in this beautiful church that is my privilege to pastor that's hanging on by a thread. And they're just looking for something from the Lord. And yes, the blessed hope of the Lord's soon return can be encouraging. Even the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonians said, encourage one another with these words. But that's then. What about now? What about this afternoon? What about tonight? There's this foreboding as I think about when it starts getting dark and it's time to go to bed because I know what awaits. I'll lay in that bed and I won't be able to sleep because my mind is going a million miles an hour. I can't sleep because of what's going on. Truth be known, I'm fearful. I'm fretting. I can't stop thinking about this, that, them, him, her. I'm praying for them. Maybe it's a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. They're breaking your heart. And in a way, it can almost seem like the blessed hope of the Lord's return can make it even harder. 
because you long for the Lord's return, because you know that the Lord's return brings it all to an end. No more tears, no more suffering, no more pain, no more sorrow. The Lord Himself is going to wipe those tears from our eyes. But that's then. Proverbs 13, verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I think of those who had hoped that the Lord would have come back by now. And they're devastated that He hasn't. It's the second part of the proverb that I think is maybe a word fitly spoken. It says, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. I think of what the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy about at the end of his life, how he had run the race. He had finished well, and now he was looking forward to that crown that awaited him, that crown of righteousness, and not just him, but all those who long for His appearing. One of the things that the Lord has really impressed upon my heart are those who are losing heart. And all I have to do is pray for the many prayer requests, particularly, by the way, we have a a prayer list. And before first service, this service, we have a prayer meeting not just the first Tuesday of each month, but every week on Sunday mornings. And we pray for these prayers from many who have asked us to pray for them. And oh my goodness, when you read some of these prayer requests, it is just heart-wrenching. People are dealing with some really intense stuff. Stage 4 cancer, not much time left get your affairs in order, dealing with kids that are now identifying as this gender or that, want nothing to do with God or the mother or the father. Pleas and prayers for those that are begging God for the salvation of a loved one. Again, People are just hanging on by a thread. Maybe that's you today. And if it is, then let me encourage you by assuring you that the Lord will get you through whatever it is that you're going through. Yes, we all want the Lord to return. However, the harvest is ripe and there's many more that need to be saved before He comes back. Until that time, stand on the promise of His Word. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will always provide you with whatever you need to sustain you. I'm thinking about things in my own life that I'm praying about, concerned with, seeking God about. Lord, I need you to help me 
And if you don't come back, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this or that. I'm being generic because you can fill in the blanks with your own life. And here's what the Lord has ministered to me, and I want to share it with you. Whatever it is, my grace is sufficient. Yeah, but I got a son going off to college (laughs) on the mainland. (laughs) Lord, can, can you come back before he goes? What if he doesn't? Well, I'll give you the grace that you need. Yeah, but I I love him so much, I'm going to miss him so much. Yeah, but I'll give you the grace that you need. It'll be sufficient. Yeah, but I'm dealing with, with this, and again, you can fill in the blank. I'll give you whatever you need at the time you need it. Sometimes God doesn't give us tomorrow's manna today. Uh, sufficient under the day, Matthew 6.34, are the worries therein. In other words, tomorrow you're going to need that. Guess what? God's going to give you what you need tomorrow. Tomorrow, not today. No, we want it today because then we got it in the bank, so to speak. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. No, no. Guess what? You're going to have to trust in Him, rely upon Him tomorrow. (laughs) He'll give you whatever you need at the time that you need it. And God is never late. He's never early either. We want Him to be, but God is never late. Whatever you need, He will provide and He will sustain you. In the meantime, let's occupy until He comes. By the way, that's how we make the time go faster. You know how it is when you're busy, time flies. And when you're not, it just drags on and on. I wonder if that's what the Lord had in mind when He said, Occupy until I come. Be busy about the things of God, and it'll make the time go by quicker. Let's reach the lost before He returns. Let's give to everyone an answer of that hope that lies within us. By the way, that's why He hasn't come yet. There's still people. Because it's it's not God's will, Peter says, that any should perish, but that all should come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's why the world waits. I appreciate your patience. I'm, I'm going to try to bring it in to a close here. There's one thing, though, I want to uh, share with you. We need to keep the main thing the main thing. What's the main thing? The main thing is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's the main thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1-5, through 5, the Apostle Paul writing by the Spirit says, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. That convicts me right there. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready because our redemption draws nigh. This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. 
This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the Creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's Prophecy Update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this Prophecy Update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s Prophecy Updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this Prophecy Update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.